Welcome to the Good Side Podcast, a platform to meet the real change makers and learn about innovative models for sustainable development. GLRA India was established over five decades ago in 1966 under the vision of helping leprosy victims. Over the years, GLRA India has extended their services to those affected by tuberculosis, TB, disabilities, and neglected tropical diseases, NTD. During the COVID-19 outbreak that caused havoc in the lives of migrant workers, the nonprofit even reached to this community that was hardest hit by the pandemic, according to International Labour Organization. Today, we have with us Mr. Vivek Srivastav, Asia Regional Representative of GLRA India to give us insights on the services spearheaded by his organization. Mr. Srivastav, the Good Side Podcast welcomes you. It is a pleasure to have you on our show. Uh, thank you, Shruti, for having me on the show. And uh, uh, I am really pleased uh, to talk about GLRA India as an entity that is trying to add value to the uh, improve the quality of life of people affected by poverty-related diseases in India as well as Asia. So, uh, there has been a surge of leprosy cases in our country over the past decade. What right. initiatives are being taken by GLRA India to counter it? Right. So, as uh, I just mentioned that since uh, 1966, we have been operating in India to address the issues associated with leprosy in the country. So we started off with leprosy and uh, gradually we went on to uh, work in tuberculosis, disability, humanitarian assistance, nutrition and so on and so forth. Uh, leprosy has always been a big challenge for India and especially if you look at the global figures, more than 50% of the cases are uh, occurring every year in India and uh, roughly close to around 130,000 new cases every year. And many of these cases are actually diagnosed pretty late, uh, which means that if uh, leprosy is not identified and uh, or rather diagnosed and treated early, then chances of disability uh, are quite high, significantly high. And if it is detected even later, then uh, the grade two disability, which is irreversible, uh, irreversible, uh, are actually pretty high. So, uh, as uh, an organization that has been uh, addressing all these sensitive issues for leprosy, we follow basically a two-pronged approach. One is that we invest in uh, building the capacities of our partners. And these partners could be uh, the grassroots NGOs and also our NGO partner hospitals uh, on one side. And on the other side, we also support the National Leprosy Eradication Program through ILEP partnership. ILEP is actually a consortium of nine different uh, leprosy agencies in India. So we are uh, one of the leading partners there and we are uh, providing the support to the central uh, leprosy program as well as uh, uh, directly implementing uh, the project on the ground through our NGO partners. The focus has always been, as I just mentioned, uh, it has always been early case detection uh, and then counseling uh, the potential patient to actually get diagnosed and then 
uh, log on to the treatment and then in, uh, we also make sure that the treatment is completed because many times uh, several adverse reactions are also uh, noticed during the course of the treatment. So uh, there is a strong emphasis on continuous uh, counseling of the patient and also uh, of their families. And additionally, uh, because our model centers around uh, this comprehensive continuum of care uh, for any disease, not only leprosy. So we look at not only the treatment part, but also the medical rehabilitation and social integration part. So we also support the patients and their families to uh, get mainstreamed so that uh, they can actually earn their livelihoods and uh, uh, spend their life with dignity. So this is the whole idea behind our uh, functioning as a leprosy organization. Uh, yes, thank you. During the peak of COVID-19 outbreak, how did GLRA India contribute towards protecting the livelihood of migrant workers and other vulnerable populations? So actually, as you uh, might have noticed, most of our beneficiaries are coming from the base of the socioeconomic pyramid and uh, which means that they are mostly daily wage earners uh, living in slum areas with poor wash facilities and uh, during the covid lockdown the initial phase uh, was a real uh, trauma for many of them and you might have seen on television and news channels so many people had lost their jobs and they were moving from their place of occupation to their native places on uh, foot and whatnot and of course, many of them lost their livelihoods because especially the daily wage earners engaged in the informal economy of the country. And um, uh, it is interesting to note that the informal economy in the country contributes to almost 60% of the GDP, but still there was uh, not a very clear cut uh, plan of action by the government of India because everybody was taken by surprise. So uh, uh, how we started, actually, we discussed this whole issue uh, with our uh, Germany headquarters and also uh, various donors. COVID relief effort uh, was on uh, the prevention side as well as uh, the cure side and rehabilitation side. So we started off with uh, the mass sensitization of uh, these people uh, on uh, in infection prevention. Then we provided food relief, food aid. Uh, to ensure that they were able to still uh, remain food secure. Uh, we also made sure that their access to health care was seamless even during the lockdown because many of the chest clinics, especially for our TB patients, they got converted into COVID centers, screening centers. But still, uh, our field teams were continuously working around the clock to help them access health care as and when it was needed. So that was one part. The second part was uh, helping them with livelihoods and also uh, wherever it was not possible for them to get uh, institutional care, especially in case they were found to be impacted by COVID. Uh, then we also organized quite a few oxygen concentrators for our partner hospitals and also for our offices so that these uh, devices could be made available uh, for, uh, during any emergency faced by any of our beneficiaries. So we started off with only our beneficiaries, but then we realized that while working in the communities, it was necessary to provide a similar kind of support to 
uh, other uh, you know uh, uh, people living in the same communities so then in the second before the second phase we actually expanded our uh, operations we increased our funding to provide food aid and also provide prevention uh, uh, same measures, especially the distribution of masks, sanitizers, food aid, and uh, awareness messages, and uh, all these things actually uh, uh, combined together uh, created an entire, uh, you know, comprehensive uh, basket of services for relief for Shishiri. Considering the leprosy-related discrimination, stigma, and prejudice, we would also like to know about the challenges you people have to face in your work. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, that leprosy is highly stigmatized. Uh, we have been working uh, in leprosy since last 50 years, but if you look at the level of a stigma, I mean, in many communities, the stigma is still very high. And a stigma could be of different types as well. It could be uh, right. self-imposed, it could be by uh, an external factor or an entity. Uh, so uh, our main challenge has always been to uh, you know how we can actually program ourselves in order to smoothly address this stigma and discrimination issue without over sensitizing the communities that are uh, you know living around a particular patient diagnosed with leprosy or his families and this particular aspect of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, stigma associated with leprosy uh, that also prevents people for uh, from actually uh, coming up and getting diagnosed many times uh, i'm sure uh, during your childhood you might have uh, seen all these advertisements on te- television where the government of india was actually uh, talking about leprosy and if you have a white patch that doesn't have any sensation so get yourself checked for leprosy and right. actually there, were, there is already a lot of awareness but when it comes to taking action uh, in case uh, there is a suspect then there is a huge gap and so we come in there and uh, we come in to actually counsel uh, such patients or say uh, presumptive cases we call them and then counsel them and then uh, help them access health services and uh, so that at least we are able to prevent any kind of disability. So the focus has been, the government's focus has been on uh, leprosy case detection. So uh, there are campaigns actually that happen across the country and GLRA is also supporting the leprosy division in such campaigns to diagnose any such leprosy cases early on, uh, either uh, through the health camps or through mass awareness or mm-hmm. uh, through you know finding uh, current leprosy patients and actually uh, screening their immediate contacts for leprosy and then based on that we actually decide how we can uh, create awareness or sensitize the communities and community decision makers especially people who are who have strong voices on the ground how we can actually rope them in so that this whole issue of stigma and discrimination against such patients is uh, uh, largely addressed. And this overall helps in preventing our grade 2 disability. And uh, we have seen that at least in the last uh, probably 10 years, I would say the grade 2 disability has started coming down. Still, it is uh, roughly uh, 2.45% across the country. 
लास्ट ईयर वी कुड डिटेक्ट ओनली हंड्रेड ट्वेंटी अक्रॉस द कंट्री सो ऑल द पार्टनर एंड द गवर्नमेंट टूगेदर बट एज यू नो बिकॉज ऑफ द कोविड हेल्थ सर्विसेज डिस्ट्रप्टेड सो वी आर एक्सपेक्टिंग दैट प्रॉब्ली द नंबर ऑफ केसेज वुड बी फार हायर देन जस्ट हंड्रेड ट्वेंटी सो वी एनकरेज पीपल टू बिकम यू नो मोर say responsible and through awareness sessions that we conduct uh, routinely on the ground and come up with any uh, such suspicion uh, and get it clarified in case they feel that they could be having any form of leprosy so this is how we work and engaging with the key stakeholders especially the communities family members uh, counseling them about the benefits of accessing uh leprosy services early on getting diagnosed early on uh and how it it could prevent uh the grade 2 disability which irreversible and which is disability for life so with all these uh, you know messages constantly being hammered we are able to address these issues and uh, this initial challenge that actually really forces our program many times to stall right mr shivastav how does glra india plan on advancing their services to leprosy and tuberculosis affected people mm-hmm. actually uh, you know i made a statement initially that since last 50 years glra has been working uh, for eradication of uh, leprosy and there are nine partners in all working in the country since then additionally there is a government program but still we have not been able to eliminate forget about eradication we have not been able to eliminate this disease and which is actually a big shame for us and we have invested a lot of resources but still because there is so much of stigma discrimination and many times even if people are aware there is a sense of there is this fatal attitude that such a disease can never happen to me and this goes with leprosy as well as any infectious disease or poverty related disease whether it is tuberculosis or lymphatic filariasis etc so there is this tendency of ignoring uh, the earliest signs of any such disease so and and now this is a big challenge that we have found out in the last several decades and we have been trying to uh, find innovative ways to address these challenges and especially amongst uh, the neglected and more vulnerable population groups uh, mostly you would find uh, the poorest of the poor the tribal communities and isolated villages in hilly terrains uh, across india then uh, uh, say uh, not really war torn but say terrorism torn territories like uh, naxal areas where actually services cannot reach so uh, one innovative idea is to use the technology telemedicine etc etc to expand the coverage expand expand the ca- uh, catchment the other uh, area is other innovation rather is that we uh, design targeted intervention so for tuberculosis actually we have come up with several targeted interventions one is uh, with truckers and actually this is the first targeted intervention in tuberculosis in the world so glra india uh, were courageous enough to try that out uh, in the country uh, while other ngos were actually uh, you know refraining from getting into it because ultimately the success or the failure of the program depends upon the treatment outcomes and for a very rapidly mobile population group like truckers 
it is very difficult to ensure the treatment adherence so uh, nobody wanted to but finally we actually ventured out in uh, 2016 and now we are, we have scaled up this project to three locations actually it was uh, funded by one of the corporate donors but now we are getting the german funding for uh, such a project so uh, innovative ideas are plenty innumerable but the problem is that uh, even the donors are reluctant or hesitant to invest in ideas uh, beyond the pilot scale so we have several such ideas that have been proven uh, at the pilot scale but when it comes to scaling them up then uh, so far we have not been able to find any major funding so this is also a challenge but we are continuously struggling to find out new avenues of fundraising and uh, then also you know looking at technology as one of the ways for expanding the coverage looking at targeted interventions looking at how we can actually uh, you know not only sensitize the people but motivate them to act uh, and there's a huge gap there so how you can motivate them to act is through uh, you know repeated on the ground continuous routine interaction so that you are able to build enough confidence uh, amongst them for your services and they understand that you are coming in only to help them support them and improve their quality of life and for which you need again the funding so so that continuous engagement is very important and in most of our projects we are doing that uh, Uh, another innovation that we tried out for tuberculosis was 24/7 dots and dots is actually directly observed treatment uh, regimen that we follow under uh, tuberculosis program so we realized right. that most of our target beneficiaries uh, they were either busy in their regular routine work because they have to earn their livelihoods on a routine basis daily basis so if they go to a chest clinic which is run by the government they have to wait hours together to get the services so we came up with this flexi dot center where uh, you know beyond the normal working hours the dot center would be open open until probably uh, 9 or 10 o'clock in the night and would open up early in the morning around uh, 6 7 so that these daily wage earners can actually go there and get their medication and then uh continue with their treatment so uh, this is how we can achieve this treatment adherence and which will also improve the treatment outcomes uh and especially in case of mdr tb it is very essential that the adherence is maintained and uh, the treatment is completed and outcome is reported so these uh, flexi dot centers are really helping in a big way uh, uh nonetheless we are trying and we are hoping that soon uh there will be somebody who would be interested to fund innovation so funding for innovation is also a big challenge for us that i should have mentioned in response to your previous question thank you for taking out the time for today's episode with us mr shrivastav and thank you for providing us the valuable insights on glra india thank you thank you so much and uh, uh, i do hope that whatever we have talked about is beneficial to the audience thank you so much absolutely it was great having you mr shrivastav and have thank a great you so day much. thank you thank you, you. Thank you if you are part of any development journey and wish to engage with us please email us at contact@thegoodsite.com or whatsapp on 963 101 4408